Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We're in week three of a series called Can't Steal My Joy, and we're studying one specific book of the Bible, the book of Philippians, a very short book. It's only four chapters, but the biggest theme of this book of the Bible is that you can have joy in any circumstance. And the writer of this book is a guy named the Apostle Paul, and he's writing this letter to a group of people And he's writing this letter from a Roman prison. So he's quarantined, he's all alone, and he's writing this letter from jail. So this isn't just theory to him. He's living it out. And so in this book, over and over, all four chapters, you see this theme that no matter what you're going through, you can have this joy that only comes from God that can't be taken from you. And truly, I think this is one of the most important conversations for us to have, especially right now, especially with everything that's happening right now in our world, because I don't know about you, but I feel like there is a constant attack right now on my joy. I feel like every single day, something or someone is trying to steal my joy. And I want to make this very clear that this series is not putting our heads in the sand or putting like these blinders on, acting like everything is okay. Just smile, have joy, everything is okay. That's not what this is about. This series is not about minimizing or being oblivious to the very real things that are happening in our world right now from the coronavirus pandemic to being quarantined, many of us for over three months to record unemployment rates right now. To so many of you, maybe you're experiencing tremendous financial pressure to record rates, and we're actually gonna talk about this a little bit more next week, but record rates of loneliness and anxiety and depression that's happening right now to this pivotal moment in history where we're standing up right now as a church and as a nation against racism and injustice and inequality. Like these things are very real. They're very real and they demand real attention. But this series is acknowledging that in the middle of these very real things, we, meaning followers of Jesus, that us as followers of Jesus can still experience this very real joy right in the middle of all those things that cannot be taken from us. And so in week one of this series, we talked about the difference between happiness and joy. And then in week two of this series, we talked about following Jesus, the greatest example of joy. And if you missed either of those two messages, you can go back. We have an audio podcast that you can find on Apple as well as Spotify. And because everything Church at Home right now is videos, you can go watch all our Church at Home services and catch up on our YouTube channel. So I wanna encourage you, if you didn't get to watch those, go back, check them out. But this week, If you're taking notes, which I see that many of you are, and I hope you are, if you're taking notes, I want to talk for a few minutes on the subject, don't forget. Don't forget. It's really easy to forget, but over the next few minutes, we're going to talk about don't forget. Don't forget. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you so much for the gift of today. It truly is a gift. 
And so God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word, that it is alive and that it's active. And God, I believe today that you want to speak to each and every one of us. So God, right now, we position our hearts and our minds to hear from you. We just don't want to hear from a man. We want to hear directly from the creator of the universe. So God, we give you permission to speak into any area of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Okay, just by show of hands, the people that are here with me, as well as you right there, maybe even in the chat, you want to throw up an emoji hand. How many of you, by show of hands, ever need reminders? Ever. You just need reminders, the occasional, I need some rem- Of course. Like, we all do. We all need reminders. That's why phones today come with a reminders app already on it. That's why we need calendars. We need calendars because we all need reminders. And in Philippians chapter three, verse one, listen to what the very first thing that he says. He says, whatever happens, it goes back to this theme, whatever happens, I love that. My dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. And here's the deal. I just don't think that that is a command, like, hey, whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. I think it's a promise. I think it's a promise that it's actually possible to rejoice no matter what's happening, to rejoice in the Lord. You may not be able to rejoice in your circumstances, but you can always rejoice in the Lord who controls your circumstances. And then he goes on after he says, whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. Then he says this, I never get tired of telling you these things. In other words, I never get tired of reminding you. And I, and I do it to safeguard your faith. And the message paraphrase put the, puts it this way. I don't mind repeating what I have written in earlier letters. And I hope you don't mind hearing it again. Paul understands that it's often the job of a pastor to be able to just repeat the same things over and over again. Listen, we are 91 weeks into our church. This is week 92, and I've told you everything I got. That's it. So the rest of the time, it is just me going to be reminding you of things that we've already talked about. Uh, But the truth is, we need to be constantly reminded of truth, like this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. We need reminders like Matthew chapter 22, verse 39 that says, love your neighbor as yourself. We need reminders like Ephesians chapter four, verse three, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourself together in peace. And we need reminders like Colossians chapter three, verse 13 that says, make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. We need to be reminded of truths like this. Here's why. Here's why it's so important for us to have reminders. Because it's so easy for us to forget. It is so easy for us to forget. And so that's why it's so important to be reminded of these truths over and over and over again because we are prone to forget. It's like parenting. I'm convinced that 95% of parenting is repeating the same things over and over and over and over 
and over and over. I, I think I need freedom ministry after this quarantine. I think all, I think all my parents right now are feeling, feeling that. Um, but I, I, feel, I really feel like that's, like that's 95% of parenting. It's just repeating the same things over and over again. That struggle has been so real during this quarantine. But Paul, he says, like a good pastor and a good parent, he says, I don't mind repeating these things. I don't mind telling you the same things over and over again. So he starts, just like we read in Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, he says, hey, whatever happens, whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. Then for the rest of the chapter, he says, here's how you have this whatever happens in your life, joy. And, and he just gives these reminders. He says, hey, just don't forget these things. And so I want to give you just three things that he says that will help you have that whatever happens joy. And he says, just don't forget these three things. And here's number one. If you want to write this down, don't forget that there's nothing more important than knowing Jesus. Don't forget that there's nothing more important than knowing Jesus. See, there's a lot of important things in life, but there's nothing more important than knowing Jesus. Philippians chapter three, he goes on to write this in verse seven. He says, I once thought these things, all these other things in life were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Listen to this. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. Now that word garbage right there is this Greek word skubalon which if he would have been writing this back in the day, whenever this was written, it was such a strong word. People would have probably been shocked a little bit because it literally means like animal feces. That's, a, I think, the nicest way that I can say that today. So he's sitting there saying, I consider everything else, like I went outside and stepped in scuba line. He said, like, that's what I consider everything else so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. By the way, that is the good news of the gospel, that we cannot be made right by our performance, only by grace through faith in what Jesus has done on the cross. Then he goes on and says this at the end of verse 9, for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. And then he says again, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want you to remember that this was written by the Apostle Paul. He's a legend, OG, spiritual giant. He wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. He started a whole bunch of churches. And most scholars believe that he wrote the book of Philippians in his 60s. So he's 60 years old, in prison, writing this book, Legend of the Faith, and after all the life that he had lived, he says, you know what? There's nothing more important than knowing Jesus. That this isn't just this elementary beginner level teaching of Christianity that we eventually graduate from. That this, that this is the teaching of Christianity that we never move on from. That there's nothing that is more important than knowing Jesus. And this word know, K-N-O-W, this word know, 
is a very close, intimate word. It's actually the same word like Adam knew Eve and they had some babies. It's not a head knowledge. It's not a head knowledge like I know basic math, but it's a heart knowledge like I know my wife. And I just want to make sure that we understand that we're not talking about religion. We're not talking about behavior modification. We're not talking about this list of do's and don'ts. We're not talking about a compartmentalized hour of our week. Because the truth is, Jesus didn't die on the cross and pay for your sins and for my sins for us to have religion or behavior modification or to keep this list of do's and don'ts. He did it so that we could know him so that we could have a real, close, consistent, dynamic, real relationship with him. So hear this fresh today. Wherever you're at, hear this fresh right there in your home. Wherever you're at, hear this fresh. There's nothing more important than knowing Jesus. And here's why. Because it's the only thing that can't be taken from you. It's the only thing in this world that can't be taken. Everything else can be taken from you. And I think that's been highlighted so much in this season. That there's all these things that have been taken from us. But listen, nobody can take away your relationship with Jesus. Nobody. Write down this principle. Because I think it'll help you. When you know Jesus, you will know joy. You will. When you know Jesus, you will know joy. So how do you have whatever happens joy? Number one, you don't forget that there's nothing more important than knowing Jesus. Here's number two. Don't forget to forget the past. Don't forget to forget the past. How many of you just know that the past has a way of not staying in the past? And Paul says in Philippians chapter three and verse 12, he goes on to say this. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. I mean, it's such a legend. And he said, I'm not there. I don't know Jesus yet the way that I want to. There's always more to learn. And he says, or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. He says it again, but I focus on this one thing. Well, what do you focus on? Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And that phrase, forgetting the past in the original language, if you study it, it doesn't mean to fail to remember. Like all of a sudden, you get spiritual amnesia from God and you can't remember anything else. It means, get this, to no longer be affected by. So Paul is saying that it's possible to live your life in a way where you are no longer affected by your past. That is possible. And Paul knows this because he had a past. And if you read the very first part of Philippians chapter three, he tells you just a little bit about his past. He says in verse five, he says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees, which is like the, the, the spiritual religious elite who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so jealous that I, that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. He's saying, I've got a past. Some's good, some is bad. 
And just like Paul had a, had a past, every single one of us has a past, that we've all made mistakes, we've all messed up, we've all done and said things we wish we didn't do or say, every single one of us. We all have things in our rear view mirror, but I refuse to live my life looking through the rear view mirror. I want to live my life looking through the windshield of today and what's happening in the future. I believe God is saying today to our church, you want to have joy? Forget the past. And I feel that so strong today that some of you, maybe you have such a hard time experiencing joy because you will not let go of yesterday. And I think God's saying, you want to experience joy? Forget the past. Don't get stuck in what happened yesterday, what happened a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, a decade ago. Don't get stuck. Listen, you are not defined by your past. You are not defined by your past, good or bad. You're not. You are defined by who God says you are, not your resume or your record of wins and losses. So don't let your past paralyze you from moving forward. Keep moving forward. God has. Keep moving forward. God has. My Bible says in Romans chapter eight, verse one, so now there is no condemnation. There's no guilt, there's no shame, there's no regret for those who belong to Christ Jesus. But Pastor Brian, I feel shame, I feel regret, I feel condemnation. Well, let me tell you, what that says is that it's not from God. There's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. See, my Bible says in Lamentations chapter three, verse 22 through 23, that the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning, that every single day God's mercies are brand new. So keep moving forward. I promise you, your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. And I've learned this that the best way to destroy today is to regret yesterday. So how do you have whatever happens joy? You don't forget to forget the past. And then number three, here's the last one. Don't forget that this world is not our home. Don't forget that this world is not our home. It reminds me of an old hymn, an old school church that I grew up in. So it said, like, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. And Paul says, you want to have this joy, this whatever happens, no matter what joy, don't forget that this world is not our home. Listen to what he says in verse 14. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And then he finishes the whole chapter In Philippians chapter three, he says at the very end, but there's far more to life for us. We're citizens of high heaven. We're waiting for the arrival of the savior, the master, Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like his own. He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which he is putting everything as it should be under and around him. Now, here's why it was such a big deal that Jesus said, we're citizens of heaven. Here's uh, why while Paul said that to this group of people. Here's why it was such a big deal. When they would have heard this, they, like, something would have clicked for him. Because the city of Philippi, which he was writing this letter, was in Macedonia. But it was a Roman colony. Meaning 
the people's citizenship was in Rome, not Macedonia. So get this. So they were living somewhere, but citizens somewhere else. Meaning they could experience the benefits of Rome even though they had never been there. And Paul says, you may be living here right now, but don't forget that you are a citizen somewhere else. You are a citizen of heaven, not earth, which means you can experience the benefits of heaven now, even though you've never been there. And by the way, I don't know what you think heaven will be like, but it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Um, I love Cincinnati. I love Cincinnati a whole lot. I think it's got such amazing people, great food, great scenery, uh, like great art, great culture. I love Cincinnati. God's given me a supernatural love for this city. When I'm not in Cincinnati, I miss Cincinnati. I love Cincinnati, but I'm telling you, heaven's going to be way better. And the book of Revelation, it actually paints this picture to the best of human words to paint a picture of what heaven's going to be like. And in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10, this is how it describes heaven. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. By the way, if you don't like diversity, you're going to hate heaven. I just want you to just, okay, I'm going to... Let's keep going. It says in verse 19, it says, um, and they were shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the lamb. And later it says this in Revelation chapter 21, verses three and four, it says, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself, just in case you didn't get it, will be with them and he will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. There will be no more sickness or disease or coronavirus or pandemics or quarantines or racism or inequality or injustice. And then it says this, all these things are gone forever. Paul says, don't forget that this world is not our home. Don't forget that if you're a follower of Jesus, you are a citizen of heaven. And that no matter what happens in this world, you have the hope of heaven. Now, um, about a week ago, early one morning, I was outside on my side porch and I was doing my devos. And that's just what I call my personal time with God. And I was just reading my Bible and praying, just spending some time with God. And uh, our oldest son, Jordan, he's eight years old. Uh, he came down from his room after he woke up and he came, he opened the door, but tears were in his eyes. Very first thing in the morning, early in the morning, tears were in his eyes. I just asked, what's wrong, buddy? And he tells me that he was up and that he was thinking about heaven, which by the way is absolutely precious. It is absolutely precious. <laughs> Eight-year-old was just up early one morning thinking about the things of heaven and was just sitting there thinking about heaven. But what brought tears to his eyes is that he told me, he said, Dad, I'm so scared. He said, Dad, I'm scared. And asking, like, why can't we just go there and see it just like we go see our grandparents and see our grandparents? Like, why do we have to, why do we have to die? 
And so just, I mean, very early in the morning, deep into the pool, the first cup of coffee is not even in there. We're just going there. And I, I put them in my lap and I just told them, buddy, there's nothing to be scared of, that everything's gonna be okay. And I begin to tell them that, buddy, heaven is awesome. Heaven's gonna be amazing that you get to live with God forever. And it's so much better than it is right here. I love here, but heaven's so much better. And then because I have my Bible open, I turned to Revelation chapter 21 and I read that passage that, that we just read together, that there's not gonna be any sorrow or crying or pain and that all these things are gonna be gone forever. And I said, Jordan, doesn't that sound awesome? And his tears slowly turned into a smile. And I saw, here's the cool thing. I saw with my own eyes, an eight-year-old little boy experienced joy when he realized the reality of heaven. So how do we have whatever happens joy? We don't forget that there's nothing more important than knowing Jesus. Don't forget to forget your past. And don't forget that this world is not our home. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And we do this every week at our church. But I just want you to ask right there where you're at. We just ask God, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying specifically to me? Maybe ask him this. What does my response need to be to this message? And maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with him and you feel far from God. You feel like he's a million miles away and you're here and you don't know if you would experience heaven if you were to die. And here's the great news. Here's the awesome news today is that that can change today. That can change right now. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, it says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so today, here's what I invite you. I invite you to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to grace, to make what we consider the most important decision of your life, the decision to follow Jesus. So if that's you and you know that is your response today, I, I wanna know Jesus. I wanna know Jesus. Just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I wanna know you. I need you. I recognize my dependence on you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside of me? Will you do what I can't do myself? And will you change me? Will you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. I give you everything. And today, I choose to follow you. We thank you so much for the gift and the grace and the mercy and the love of Jesus. And it's through Jesus we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.